Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Consoles. Today we talk about the legendary Bill Withers. He has so many songs to choose from, but this week we chose Ain't No Sunshine. Great tune. Oh, yeah. Beautiful tune. I don't think we pick any tunes that are not great on this show, though. <laughs> that's, our, that's our secret weapon. That's right. The keys to a good podcast yeah. are talking about things you like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Picking good tunes. Pretty simple. And there ain't no better tune than Ain't No Sunshine by the, uh, the late and great Bill Withers. That's right. Unfortunately, yeah. during all the madness... We had some more tragic news with the passing of Bill Withers. He, of course, was in his elder years. Yeah, he was um, 81, I believe. Not, not a spring chicken by all means, but definitely you'd think he'd have a few more years left in him. Yeah, kind of surprised the learn of the, the news of his passing, but... Yeah. That's the way it goes. Not coronavirus related. I believe he had a heart condition. Yes. Yeah, correct. So, And he kind of uh, capped off uh, or ended a kind of a sad week in the music world as far as, you know, we had the Fountains of Wayne singer passed away and that was related yes. to the coronavirus. Apparently. Yes, it was. And also Joe Diffie. Joe Diffie, yeah. Passed away from complications due to coronavirus. So mm-hmm. this is no joke, this pandemic here. For sure, no joke. No, not not at all, not at all. And uh, I guess there a scare with John Prine, but he seems to be doing better now. He seems so to be, good. yeah, yeah. I did uh, hear he was stable. Yes, indeed. But yeah, we thought maybe we could do like a a nice little uh, celebration, if you were celebration a, of of yeah. an extraordinary career, which, qu- quite frankly is not nearly as long as you would think it was from all his hit records or hit songs rather. Yeah, correct. And, um, yeah, we were just talking about this. Like he really was only like a you know, professional musician, you know, for about 15 years from 70 to the mid eighties. And they just kind of moved on, I guess, which is kind of crazy. That's but, I, well, and the quality of his songs, you know, were so good that, it would take me 15 years just to make one song as good as that. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and you go down his list, and um, probably a lot of people, you know, the first song that comes to mind is probably Lean On Me, which is, you know, just one of those kind of timeless soul tracks. But then, oh, you know, yeah. as we're talking today a little bit, Ain't No Sunshine, um, Use Me, Lovely Day, Just the Two of Us, which, you know, became a big hit for him but then later on became a big hit for as you know when will smith did his own version of that will smith the actor yeah (laughs) okay yeah and uh grandma's hands which um i never knew grandma's hands like his version i just didn't know the song or the title but you start the track and you immediately if you grew up during the you know like 90s hip-hop era, you immediately pick up that song like, oh, that's a, that was sampled by, um, oh, what were they called? Oh my gosh, uh, No Diggity. Yeah, that's the 
dude I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Which, I, the, the, he was kind of like a, a goldmine for, you know, a bunch of the 90s into the 2000s, like, hip-hop artists who, like, would pull out these kind of obscure Bill Withers tracks to sample and got big hits. Which I know some people probably hate looking at it that uh, from that perspective, like, you know, like, this guy was so important and popular because he was sampled, you know, by all these other hip hop artists, that sort of thing. So I, I don't, don't want. It. I don't know. No. If that's yeah, true. I don't mean it in that way at all. It just kind of, it does uh, show how much his uh, music can kind of live on, and even in other forms. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is, I don't even know growing up if I ever realized I was listening to Bill Weathers. Yeah. Same here. Because his songs are are so transcending of all genres and stuff. So many people cover yeah. them that like you you hear the songs and you know the songs and and you probably know three, four, or five different versions of the same song that he wrote. Yeah. On several of his songs. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, Lean on Me and Ain't No Sunshine, the ones yeah. you mentioned. Like so it it actually took me until I guess not that recently, you know, like seven, eight years ago, I kind of realized, oh, it's this Bill Weathers guy. Yeah, I was a uh, yeah, I was a late bloomer to knowing him, you know, as an artist himself. Like somewhat similarly, I knew some of those songs. I knew you know, just the two of us, and you know, ain't no sunshine's been licensed all over the place. You know, in oh, yeah. movies and commercials and everything. It's just you know, everyone recognizes that song. You know, but uh, yeah, he was a great songwriter. Had a very kind of a specific sound and a vibe to a lot of his tunes. Yeah, he's not like a virtuosic singer where he has like incredible technique and like incredible range, but he just has the soul. Yeah. That's Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to belt it out or something like that, but he's going to just it, lay in that pocket. It just feels good when he sings. Yes. Oh yeah. And that kind of makes it like tough like people who like if they're, you know, playing a Bill Withers tune, like half of you wants to kind of do it just like he would have done it. Um, and I might get into this a little bit more when we talk about Ain't No Sunshine. But it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't duplicate it. You know, just like, you almost have to just do your own thing. Yeah. With his it, tunes and try to, you know, do his thing. You know? It goes back to the Stevie Ray Vaughan episode where I was asking you if you thought it, you should try to, you know, copy it note for note or kind of just infuse your own version with the spirit of the yeah. artist. And I think Bill Withers is definitely one of those artists where you could copy it note for note, but it doesn't really make a difference if you really just have to capture that that spirit if you want to do the song justice. I would agree. Yeah. Man. So before we go full tilt into this, uh, do we do we want to do a toast of the roast? Well, sure, man. I got a cup of coffee right here, so why not? Let's do a little toast to the roast. A little toast to the roast. We've been recording with more frequency. Yeah. So here, I'll, I'll lay down that that jam. Here we go. Let's have a toast to, to the roast. It's like the uh, it's like the jazz version. I was like trying to a, make a, like a little Bill Withers esque. Yeah, like the you know the the soul like soft 
nice, you know, yeah. sitting in the club version of the Toast of the yeah. Roast song. Yeah, man. So I'm drinking some, um, like our last episode, just finishing up the bag of this Giant Steps blend from Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle. Yes. And I myself have the roast that I've been making. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head. Does it start with a K and end with a G? No, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 it's some beans I roasted. Nice. I've also had more time to do that recently. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, the silver lining. And it's everything. You can roast your own beans. That's true. Well, it doesn't have more time. take too long to do it, truthfully. It's just one of those things where you, you always, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And then later yeah. comes and it's like 11 o'clock at night. It's like, man, I want to go to bed. I don't want to. Oh I'm yeah, do yeah. This. So yeah, I've been doing the the pour over more since I do have more time in the morning now. Oh, there you go, letting it yeah. letting it like steep and get mm-hmm. all delicious. Yes, indeed. So what? Although I know a lot about roasting coffee, I don't think I've ever made pour over coffee. So is that kind of similar to like a percolator or a French press? No, um, not that I know of. Um, oh gosh, for, for a podcast called Coffee and Consoles, <laughs> I just have it's like just a basic, like a carafe with a filter on top that you put your uh, ground beans in there. And you know, we have a, an electric uh, tea kettle, uh-huh. which you yeah. know, you pour you know, the right amount of water in there. Let it come to a boil, but then you have to let the water sit for 30 seconds until you pour it over. That's a little a little tip with pour-overs. Little, the, little insider uh, secret yeah, there. Yeah, let it boil, but then let it rest for like a minute, and then pour it over. So it, like, it really doesn't take much longer. You just have to, it's a little, you know, a little more involved. So you dump it into the filter, and then it drains into like, like the carafe? Yeah, man. I see. I think does, it take, a, does it take a, a long secret. time to go through no. the, the beans? No, not not too long. Maybe a couple huh. minutes. But I think you like to do like a little, you let the water fall into the middle, but then you start to circle it out and do a little like circle around, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Like a, a preferred technique instead of just like, you know, pouring it in there straight. You kind of let it go a little slowly. And to you your might, taste buds. You might do a couple, you know, couple rounds of circling to your taste buds do you think the pour over is better than a normal drip machine i think it helps if i'm not mistaken i think it helps the uh has the beans like beans you kind of like steeping in the water for just a a little longer instead of it kind of like going through straight like it kind of builds up a little more because it seeps through the filter slower hmm hmm because you have the both the you know well you have the the paper filter but then there's also like a mesh filter too. Oh, interesting. So so I actually I have a mesh filter, but I use a paper filter to make cleaning it up easier. And yeah, same here. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to. I clogged my pipes once throwing coffee grounds. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't realize that it would that little coffee grounds would eventually build up and clog my pipes. Yeah, I don't want that. Don't you remember from one of those Avenger movies where uh, Tony Stark's like, who poured coffee grinds into the sink again? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I, if I remember that. But it's a I, we- weird random line that I always recall. 
but no, true, true, true facts. I've I've lived it. I've lived the nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, don't go. do that anymore. So I yeah. wonder. Little PSA for everyone out there. Man, I would love to get all the different coffee making contraptions and just kind of do a do a brew off. Yeah, man. Invite me over. You know, whenever I mean, we, you know, can. Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're welcome over. It's just the uh, the fact that a global pandemic is taking out people left and right here. Yeah, man, it seems to be the case. I don't know about you, but I mean, other than the horrible part of people being extremely sick and and dying and stuff like that, and you know yeah, the economic yeah, impacts. Other than that, it's, that's all a little bad. It's all bad, but. Yeah. I've kind of been enjoying my quarantine a little bit. So, like you, uh, you and your wife haven't driven each other crazy yet. No, no. Well, and so I guess it's a little different for me because my wife is a is a pharmacist, so she's still going to work like normal. Yeah, she's still out. Yes, she's essential. Which I guess puts me at a much greater risk for contracting the virus. Yeah, I suppose so. Which but is okay. It's, yeah, it's not like you're going to go anywhere, though. Yeah, I, the only the only places I go is the store, and I go for a run in the morning when there's not so mm-hmm. many people in the uh, nice. in the trail. So yeah, you're you're telling me you're like you're just a uh, you know We're getting after running it like a little bit, yeah, like. Five miles a day here making me look bad. No, not quite five. I think <laughs> I think we're averaging about four point two. Okay, but you're like so. up to like twenty miles for this month so far. It's only yeah, yeah, day 20, six, closer to twenty one than than wow. twenty miles. But but yeah, you make me sick. It's all right. I I the thing is, I think we're gonna get some rain here, and so I'm trying to get my running in while I can. There you go. Yeah, because once it rains, you know, I'm kind of sitting here <laughs> yeah you're kind of stuck so also trying to stay in shape for my hockey team that's hasn't been playing for the last month so that's gonna yeah. be whenever that pick picks back up i i don't think it'll pick up until maybe Probably fall late no summer. yeah i think i think summer but i don't yeah. think it'll be i don't think it i think it'll be closer to june than than to may 1st Oh yeah, I agree with that. Maybe even July. I don't know. I yeah, yeah. I'm I supposed to go to s- Egypt. That hasn't. Oh, been that's right. Yet. Yeah, you're supposed to do an Egypt tour in uh in June at the end of June, going into July. So there's still hope that that yeah, trip might still happen, but it's right on that edge. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I have a feeling that even if kind of there's a somewhat official announcement of like, okay, things are have you know seceded enough that it's okay for all, all of us to kind of start to go back out normally i think it's there's going to be a slow process of things like picking back up like you know gigs for musicians um, yeah you know, i'm worried that once clubs and leagues and such i think they're slowly gonna get back but not on day one yeah i'm i'm worried that once everything is lifted and you're free to go about and do what you want that people won't have this additional income to just go out and see a show. Yeah. So very true. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. There's no point. In, I don't really worry about these things too much because I can't control it and it's just going to be what it is. So, you know, 
There you go. I kind of live my life ignorantly. Words to, <laughs> to live by. by That's right. Turn off the news. Turn off your Facebooks. Enjoy. Yeah. I also said Facebooks on purpose. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I figured. You're not and, that... Uh, <laughs> You're not that much of a Luddite. No. By the way, I looked up that word the other day because I was like, you know, I don't know if I know the actual definition. And were you like, I am one? Well, the thing I disagree, like I, I'm not against new technology. Sure. Yeah. I just don't see, I just don't have the desire to constantly be trying to keep up with like social media. Like I did that when it all came out when I was in high school and through college. And after I graduated, I kind of figured out that that was almost like having a job, just keeping up with things. And then you feel bad when people like talk to you and you like, you don't respond to them in the way they want you to or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, all the etiquette involved. With, yeah. It's like, like I'm really, ba- I'm really bad with my Facebook messages. <laughs> like I don't, I don't treat them like, you know, like, Text. Like some people, you know, they have those notifications all the time for Facebook. I don't, I don't want that, you know, you know, like even with texting, sometimes I'll, I'll be like a day until I reply back. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, that's, that's how it is. I mean, I think texting is kind of like work too. <laughs> like to sit there and have a full on text conversation for half an hour is very difficult for me. <laughs> Some people could do it, yeah. And, you know like, what? Look, I'm if, just tired. If, yeah, if 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 you enjoy that type of thing, then don't let us stop you. We're not, <laughs> doesn't doesn't no, matter. Those to people us. have those people have long left listening to this podcast now. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> We're 20 minutes in and we haven't really talked about anything. So, <laughs> well, do you want to want to talk some Bill? Let's talk some. Let's get into some, some Mr. Into Withers. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that he was born? The youngest of six children in like a small coal mining town in Slap Fork, West Virginia. I did not know that, but that explains the soul. Yeah, and even better in some ways is, guess what his birthday was? I'll give you a hint. Um, it's a national holiday. A national holiday. Uh, Arbor Day. I don't even know what day that would be. <laughs> but, uh, no, he was born on July 4th. Oh, there you That's go. That's kind of cool, yeah. Uncle Sam's birthday. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he joined the Navy uh, right around uh, when he was like 17, I think. He joined the Navy. But uh, by that point, I don't think there were any, I don't think there were any wars going on because I think this was before Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken, but after Korea. I see. Um, he was 17, you said? Yeah, so that would have been like... 1960. Uh, 19, yeah. no. 54. 54. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. 55. I don't think there is any major conflicts. I think you're right. Yeah. So he's kind of like one of those like in-between generations that kind of skipped out, luckily. But yeah, but that's kind of cool. He joined the Navy at 17. He would serve for nine years. Wow. Um, and a, kind of while. during that time is when he kind of got into singing and writing songs he kind of got interested in that and uh, after the navy moved out to la towards the later half of the 1960s kind of start his music career but he didn't just like go full on like i'm gonna be you know musician or songwriter like he worked with uh 
like on airplanes at first, like worked for a aircraft co- company, if I'm not mistaken, and then, you know, would have that money to use to make demo tapes and shop them around at clubs and everything like that. And he, uh, Ain't No Sunshine is one of the first like major songs that he wrote that, you know, he started to put out. So that was kind of like the beginning of his songwriting days is where Ain't good No Sunshine start. came out. Yeah, no kidding. So that would have been, you know, taking us into the beginning of the 70s or so. Right. That's kind of cool. Like he always had this, and he can kind of feel in his voice that sort of, you know, I guess you could tell like that blue collar kind of working man humbleness and that sort of, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do to, you know, stay afloat and pay for yeah, my rent. Yeah, there's nothing real fancy about about his singing and stuff. I don't know if you guys just heard that crash in my kitchen, I believe. <laughs> Everything okay? <laughs> I'm not sure, but if it's not, I'll know shortly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, like I was saying, you, you know, there's no like tricks in his in his voice or anything like that. It's just, you know, straight up soul and and lyric content and mm-hmm. you know, he's not he's not trying to He's not trying to wow you with no. how great he is. But by doing that, he wows you, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's that great uh, of contradictory nature of music. Right. If you, if you try to wow someone with your music or with your singing, usually what ends up happening is the opposite effect because you've went overboard and you overdid it. But if you try to like find that, almost like a zen-like middle point of like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm just going to approach it this way. I'm not going to try to overdo what I can. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you everything I have, though. That's usually where, you know, the connection is made with the audience. Yeah, because I, uh, like, I feel like people can tell when yeah. Whether they trying too hard. Like, consciously know or not. Like, yeah, when you're trying too hard. And kind of a lot of things, too. Like, you know you know, sales, you know, business or what have you. Right. I think in, even in sports, you can get that. Like when athletes try too hard, it's probably the the most obvious examples of that. Like everyone can tell like, Oh, he's like, you're overshooting or, you know, you're not, you know, you're wearing yourself out so quickly. You can't keep up, you know? Right. You're just trying to overdo everything. I, I suspect that's probably, one of the most difficult things to learn as a performer. Yeah, not to overdo it. You yeah. To, you almost have to have this, like, everything matters, but nothing matters attitude. At least that's how it is for me. Like, you know, before going on stage, you treat everything like everything matters. But then once you go on stage and start performing, nothing matters. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of let it all go. That's probably that's probably, that's probably a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- um, I don't know if I said this quote before. I think it was a Bruce Springsteen quote that said something to the effect of like, like, uh, like before I go on stage, I you know, I care about everything. I'm a perfectionist, but once I go onto stage, it's just like a you know, effort attitude. Like, nothing matters. Like, it doesn't you know, matter at all. I'm just gonna go for it. Just, just gonna let it, let it ride. Let it ride, my friend. Huh. So, um, 
So he got signed to Sussex Records here, and this is early 1970s, and uh, signed a record deal, and they had former Stax, stalwart, Booker T. Jones produce Withers' first album. Okay. So the great Booker T. Jones got involved right from the beginning. And I think that's like a match made in heaven. Yeah, he. I don't know if Withers would have even realized it or not, but that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I oh, I bet he did. Like, cause by that point, Stax was starting to make a definitely a name for itself. If, um, by the seventies or so, yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, just as I am was released in 71, and that had the tracks Ain't No Sunshine as a single and uh, Grandma's Hands as a single, too, which is that song previously we were talking about that kind of famously got sampled in No Diggity. Mm-hmm. So we want, want to talk a little bit about Ain't No Sunshine. I got Ain't... a couple fun things to talk about this song. Yeah, well, and we... Uh... The the band we work for, we, we play this song quite a bit, don't we? Yeah, we do. It um, you know, we don't play it like <laughs> anything like the record. <laughs> no, not anything in the in the record. And there's some you know tactical things involved with that, but also it's just some you know you just kind of play the general form of the song, mm-hmm. and because you can kind of make it your own. I always feel like how we play it, it's uh. There's like a a made up cover in between. Like we play a version of like say if Tom Petty had done a cover of this song. Oh like the cover of a cover of? Yeah, yeah. That's what I always feel like when we play this tune. Cause our you know, singer it's acoustic, he kind of plays it similarly like you would have like on like Mary Jane's Last Dance. Yeah, yeah. somewhat similar groove so I always kind of pretend like you know if we're playing a playing a cover of a cover but that in between cover just never happened though <laughs> yeah I bet I bet it happened somewhere yeah maybe that's supposed to be V2 cere- cerebral with it or so but but yeah I mean the great thing with Angel Sunshine is it's an easy song to remember like from the musical standpoint perhaps not the easiest to sing and we can kind of get into that but you know just as the overall song form it just repeats itself and so that's uh makes it like an easy one to cover for a lot of people and you know a lot of uh bill weathers tunes not all of them but a lot of them were kind of somewhat in that vein of like a james brown funk groove in which it's like it starts and how it starts is basically how the song ends too it just kind of stays like set on you know, like cruise control. It's just going to be this sort of like trance-like groove for the entire song. It's not going to sway too high or too low from that. It's just going to kind of hover right within this like sweet spot of this groove, and that's going to be the song. Um, almost like a slow-down James Brown to my eyes. Um, but Angel Sunshine's kind of like that, and like Grandma's Hands, kind of like that too. Like, you know, of course later on he'd have more like you could say like traditionally written songs like Lean On Me had more moving chords and such, but 
Right. But that's uh, you know one of I think one of his beloved characteristics is he just kind of like a song started and it was that groove that just made you kind of sit back and chill and it would kind of stay around there. It's not going to be like a huge like symphonic progression wave that's going to take you. It's just going to like going to get into almost like a trance and and just chill there for about three four minutes. Which I don't I don't know about you, but sometimes, like I like the the big epics, you know, like your Stairway to Heavens or your Hotel Californias. But there's yeah. also something nice about the other side of the spectrum where you can put something off for three minutes and you just have a a steady feeling and and song that you can just kind of zone out to for however long it lasts. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> Not not Grateful Dead zone out for their twenty three hour long concert. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Angel Sunshine. A lot of people say it's in the key of A minor, and that's true. But it's also can be looked from the key of C major. You just never play the C chord though. Oh. Weird. And I come to that conclusion based on the little turnaround. You know the basic groove is just an A minor 7 and rarely do you really hear those other two chords but technically it's like an E minor 7 and a G7 and that G7 kind of leads you to believe that that would actually be in the key of C but we're just playing from the, the relative minor and if this, like, like classically, if you're in A minor, when you go to that E chord, it's usually would be like major or a dominant chord, but it's not. He plays it minor, which is diatonic to the key of C major overall. So he's just playing the three minor chords of our major key. You know, he talked about like every major key has a one, four, five, which, you know, Lean on me is using those one, four, one, five, one. Ain't no sunshine is using all the three minor chords from the key. And that you know that gives it that certain like just that warm, kind of dark vibe to it. Yeah, and well and so explain to me who is kind of a uh not very aware of the musical stuff how how would it have changed because you said that was in c major right yeah it Using comes the minor all from chords. c major just the three minor chords of that key yeah. so how would it have changed in feeling or tone if he had written it in a minor key so that would be the biggest change you'd hear would be when it gets to that kind of turnaround it's like Like all of a sudden it sounded kind of different. Yeah, yeah. 
almost like a more classically minor. You know, less of the chord sticks out. Yeah. And he's using, um, Bill Withers like to use a lot of these voicings on the guitar, which really you're just using three strings. Not three adjacent strings, but three strings, which a lot of people would uh, associate to what they'll call them Freddie Green voicings. Freddie Green was the guitarist in the Count Basie Orchestra, you know, one of the classic jazz big bands of that era. And you know, Freddie Green, back in the day, you know, there's, the guitars were not amplified at all. So you just had these like big old, you know, boxy uh, jazz guitars that were amplified. So you just had to, you know, wail on the strings to be even remotely heard when you're right, dealing with, yeah. you know, drums and five trumpets and saxes. Um, and of course you could barely, you know, that's why back in the early jazz bands, there were no guitar solos because the guitar wasn't amplified. You wouldn't be able to hear it. But Freddie Green basically just played these three string voicings that were usually just the root of the chord, most likely on the sixth string. You'd skip the fifth string and then just play two other notes of the chord on strings four and three, which are the two middle strings. Oops. There you go. And uh, Bill Withers liked to use those same kind of like three string kind of quote unquote Freddie Green voicings in a lot of his tunes. And it kind of gives it sort of a minimal sound. Nothing's too big, like a... Like a lot of people might play the song these days that might just strum full on, you know, open chords or bar chords. But he just played these kind of intimate sounding voicings because you're just yeah. playing the bare bones of a chord. And, you know, like Freddie Green would have played them like a, like this. Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. That would have been a Freddie Green thing, using those same like three note voicings. So yeah. I wonder if using those voicings kind of allow his his vocal to to shine through and for the audience to make that connection with it. Exactly, my friend. Hey, yeah, yeah, you beat me to the punch. <laughs> I am I am good for some things. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like that kind of minimal accompaniment makes the actual voice like stick out even more than it would have normally in a sense. Yeah, well, so it's hard to it's hard to sound intimate when you're when you're playing a, you know, huge six-string E minor yeah. chord and you're just like yeah. wailing away with it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's usually the version that you'd hear, like, being covered in a bar. You know, right. Yeah, you know, singers Which, in the, the, the corner of the bar just, you know, wailing yeah. away. <laughs> he's, he's just trying to be loud enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess he could use it for dramatic effect if he wanted to, yeah. to, you know, ebb and flow the dynamics of the song. He could, you know, put in a couple of those full chords and then bring it back down. That that would be really nice. Yeah. You could dynamics. Uh, it, like I would encourage uh, listeners to actually like 
pull up some live recordings of him. Like there's a good one. Oh, it might have been maybe mid 70s, maybe late 70s, but at least in the mid 70s, I think of him performing this song live. It was super hip with a great band backing him up. Maybe even some might have even liked it a little better than just the studio version of Ain't No Sunshine, but just the chill factor was there. And like, yeah, he just like had that that vibe to a tune and let it hover there and you know it's like a nice comfort blanket that you know wrap around wrap yourself around it um, a, co- a comfort blanket that yeah who, that who who's the one uh or yeah wraps around you who's the <laughs> one uh the, the peanuts character that always had the blanket was that a uh, peanuts yeah linus did linus always have that blanket it's like a little uh, safety blanket. <laughs> I have no idea what you're referencing right Ch- Charlie now. Charlie <laughs> Brown, the peanuts. Charlie Brown. Oh, man. I only ever watched Charlie Brown for like Thanksgiving. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so, <laughs> I do know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Did he play the piano, too, right? Yeah, maybe he did. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. had his blanket with him. Anyway, that's like this song. It's just like a nice blanket you want to wrap yourself in. Um, yeah, well, so there's a great thing on this tune that's probably the one of the most like distinctive characteristics of Ain't No Sunshine, and it involves just two words. Do you know those two words, my friend? Um, man, I, I'm always bad at these questions. Uh, is it John Cardoni? I don't think he sings those in that song. Um, oh, uh, yeah, two two lyrics. Two lyrics. All right, I'm looking for two Five lyrics. That, yeah, that just are very distinctive in this song. I know. Do you know? That's my answer. Oh, that's your answer. Yes. <laughs> it's like who's on first? Yeah, like his like this like the breakdown like I know 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 and you um and this is the fun part for a singer I think when playing this live is like you could just carry that on for as long as you want until you got to the, you know, I ought to leave the young thing alone. And then you like pick, you know, get the band back into the groove with the Ain't No Sunshine right. where she's gone. If you were going to show off, that would be the spot to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll just like on his live recordings, he'll just chill there and let it kind of, you know, the, the funkiness just kind of seeps through everything. Yeah. Kind of oozes everywhere like kind of permeates the entire like room so um do you want to talk about a distinctive rhythmic feature of that that i know that breakdown is he's doing a classic example of a polyrhythm or we might what we might call a two against three hemiola oh yeah for sure that's that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) in which like if you if you can either look at it, either one for the word I or for the word no, but you know, I know 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 that's a classic like two against three rhythm. That was kind of hard to do tapping on my table and doing that, but um, for those who are like. You know, drummers know exactly what we're talking about. And can probably even explain it better than I can. 
it's just like a classic thing that a lot of like soul funk you know blues musicians and singers like some of that just gets like it's just in the back of your musical um soul like it just like it's part of what you grew up listening to is a lot of those kind of like syncopations and two against three things you know this mm -hmm. is all kind of like technical 2020 vision in a sense like hindsight like looking back and analyzing it from that standpoint but just that the chill factor of just repeating those two words like if it wasn't that two against three poly polyrhythm it wouldn't be as cool if it was just like you know i know i know i know i know yeah I know, that would be, I know, that would not I, be fun <laughs> yeah like that's almost like what like a edm track would do i know i know i know i know I know, I know, I know, I know. It was like it That's probably that. how I would end up playing it. <laughs> but you gotta, yeah, you gotta like you gotta on fuck accident. It up. I know, 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 I know. And you could just go on for hours if you wanted to. You're like that's with people's minds. <laughs> like, did he get stuck? Is the record skipping? <laughs> it's like my favorite joke about. Two whales walking to a bar. Oh, no. <laughs> well, and uh, what did the first whale say? So, all right. So two whales walking to a, to a bar. The first whale says to the other whale, I can't believe you're doing this joke. <laughs> you're totally going to cut this out. The other whale. <laughs> <laughs> looks at the first whale and says, Frank, you're drunk. We're going home. <laughs> That's all I have to say about Ain't No Sunshine. Yeah, and I think we just kind of wanted to pay tribute to Bill Withers and an yeah. extraordinary songwriter who... Man, the legend... You're just saying, uh, how many Grammys did he win? He won three Grammys and was three nominated Grammys. for nine. Yeah. So, probably deserved what's, more. What's that, 33%? Hey. Win rate? That's pretty good. Hey, if you're a baseball player, this ain't too shabby. It's not too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think that might be it for this episode. I think so. For those who, you know, maybe do some of Bill Withers, like, like those you know, classic songs, like the big titles, like I always said, you know, Lead On Me, Lovely Day. You know, Lovely Day would be one that kind of Justin Timberlake either referenced or slightly kind of ripped off for, um, oh, that one tune that was in that one movie that we do. What's that called? Uh, Justin Timberlake song. I'm uh, so, I'm so dance, bad with song dance, titles. Uh, the dance one. You know what I'm talking about. Someone's if screaming I it right now. <laughs> If I heard it, I'm sure I would recognize it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was in the Trolls movie, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, we do that song? Yeah, it's we start off the big... Uh... Don't stop the feeling. There we go. It came to me. That was from a movie? I think it was in Trolls movie. Or, I mean, or not... it was 
not a put movie, in the movie. Neither one of us would see. Yeah. yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, but he was referencing uh, Bill Withers' "Lonely Day" in that tune. In fact, he they even played "Lonely Day" at one of the Grammy celebrations uh, just like a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. When he was performing that song, so like his music still lives on, like in different varieties, and you know. Yeah, and he also got people. a couple other accolades. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015. So I think it's always nice when they get people in the Hall of Fame before they die. Yeah, that is a nice thing. I agree. I don't. I don't understand when like they wait 40 years and put someone in the Hall of Fame, and then like they do it. You know, like the year they die, they do it or something. It's like really. Yeah. It's kind of like actually like this year with uh, Kobe Bryant, he was going to be nominated and inducted yeah. to the Basketball well, Hall of Fame. That's a little. That's a. I think that's a little different scenario. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't. Yeah, I mean, he was much younger and yeah, definitely but, more. But yeah, we're on the same page with that. Yeah. So. So yeah, the the man, the legend, has a great catalog to dive into to find like nice little gems that you wouldn't normally hear. Imagine. It'd yeah, be very, uh, inspiring too. Like you know, especially if you're a songwriter, going through his you know catalog, you know, he might inspire some ideas. You know, give you some sparks to uh, your own soon, your own songs. If you ever have half an hour to burn, and it, you know the sun's kind of setting, you may be there sipping you on a nice beverage. Bill Weathers is a great accompaniment. Yeah, I would agree. Yes, indeed. For this episode, I've been Kevin. And I'm John. And we invite you all to please uh, give us a nice review, five stars if you can. And if you feel like contacting us, you can. Where at, Kevin? Coffeeandconsoles at gmail.com. Yes. And we're also on Instagram as well. We hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, next time, my friends. We'll see you next time. Yes, long days and pleasant nights. Pleasant nights and long days.